Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the February 9th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. And today we'll be looking at numbers 257 to 260 of the Catechism. And then at the end also we look at the in brief section for this uh, chapter we've just finished. Four, the divine works and the Trinitarian missions. 257. O blessed light, O Trinity and first unity, God is eternal blessedness, undying life, unfading light. God is love, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. God freely wills to communicate the glory of his blessed life. Such is the plan of his loving kindness, conceived by the Father before the foundation of the world in his beloved Son. He destined us in love to be his sons and to be conformed to the image of his Son through the spirit of sonship. This plan is a grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began stemming immediately from Trinitarian love. It enfolds in the work of creation the whole history of salvation after the fall and the missions of the Son and the Spirit, which are continued in the mission of the Church. 258. The whole divine economy is the common work of the three divine persons. For as the Trinity has only one and the same nature, so too does it have only one and the same operation. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not three principles of creation, but one principle. However, each divine person performs the common work according to his unique personal property. Thus, the Church confesses, following the New Testament, one God and Father, from which all things are, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things are and one Holy Spirit, in whom all things are. It is above all the divine missions of the Son's incarnation and the gift of the Holy Spirit that show forth the properties of the divine persons. 259. Being a work at once common and personal, the whole divine economy makes known both what is proper to the divine persons and their one divine nature. Hence, the whole Christian life is a communion with each of the divine persons, without in any way separating them. Everyone who glorifies the Father does so through the Son in the Holy Spirit. Everyone who follows Christ does so because the Father draws him and the Spirit moves him. 260. The ultimate end of the whole divine economy is the entry of God's creatures into the perfect unity of the Blessed Trinity. But even now we are called to be a dwelling for the Most Holy Trinity. If a man loves me, says the Lord, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and he will come to him and, and we will come to him and make our home in him. O oh my God, Trinity whom I adore, help me to forget myself entirely, so to establish myself in you, unmovable and peaceful, as if my soul were already in eternity. May nothing be able to trouble my peace or make me leave you, O my unchanging God, but may each minute 
Bring me more deeply into your mystery. Grant my soul peace. Make it your heaven, your beloved dwelling, and the place of your rest. May I never abandon you there, but may I be there, the whole and entire, completely vigilant in my faith, entirely adoring and wholly given over to your creative action. Very well, this finishes this section. And here we um, we basically uh, finish this uh, section on God as Father and this initial section on the Trinity. And again, it's to see this in uh, relationship to the mission of God. That the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit have missions. Especially the mission of redemption that Christ had. Especially the... Um, coming forth, the sending forth of the Holy Spirit. And this, uh, these different missions of God are important. But I suppose what's most important, and this is especially important for Catholics, is, I don't like criticizing, I don't like criticizing uh, people's faith, but particularly since Vatican II, there was a great rediscovery of a personal relationship with Christ. Many Catholics rediscovered this personal relationship with Jesus Christ that was lacking in many uh, for a long time. It's true that it was manifested in different ways, particularly through the Feast of the Sacred Heart in that, this divine humanity of Christ, this closeness to Jesus. And that this, in a very good way, has become a very central aspect of the Christian faith, especially in the West, but where we kind of fell down was in our Trinitarian faith. That some people, particularly the Charismatics and that, will give great emphasis to the Holy Spirit. But in general, Catholics don't mention the Holy Spirit. That he's kind of forgotten. And the Father is up there with a big beard and we don't uh, go near him. And to see that there is this invitation that God makes to us to enter into this relationship of the Trinity. To, that, because this is what life is about. Life is about relationship. That God created us as relational beings. As he himself in the Trinity is relational. That this is what defines God, this relationship in the Trinity. And what defines us as persons is not so much what I do by myself. It's not that I create myself. It's not that I achieve by myself. Christianity isn't about an I. It's about a we. And that God invites us to communion with our brothers and sisters and that way to communion with God so that we can enter into this uh, beautiful relationship. This one that at the end we finished with this prayer in uh, verse 260 from St. Elizabeth of Trinity which is this, um, this Carmelite saint and this beautiful meditation of the Trinity. And really, that's, at the end of the day, what we are expected to do. This is, rather than understanding fully, to enter into this relationship, to enter into prayer, to discover the Trinity. Again, we can read over these sections again. It'll do no harm to read them a few times to begin to understand as much as we can the mystery of the Trinity. But more importantly is our prayer is our relationship with God, is the realisation that we are not alone, that we're not handling life by ourselves, but that the Trinity is there to help us. 
So I'll finish reading this in brief section. Paragraph 261. The mystery of the Most Holy Trinity is, is the central mystery of the Christian faith and of Christian life. God alone can make it known to us by revealing himself as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. 262. The incarnation of God's Son reveals that God is the Eternal Father and that the Son is consubstantial with the Father, which means that in the Father and with the Father, the Son is one and the same God. 263. The mission of the Holy Spirit sent by the Father in the name of the Son and by the Son from the Father reveals that with them the Spirit is one and the same God. With the Father and the Son he is worshipped and glorified. 264. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father as the first principle and by the eternal gift of this to the Son from the communion of both the Father and the Son. 265. By the grace of baptism, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we are called to share in the life of the Blessed Trinity here on earth, in the obscurity of faith and after death in eternal light. 266. Now this is the Catholic faith. We worship one God in the Trinity and the Trinity in unity without either confusing the persons or dividing the substance. For the person of the Father is one, the Son's is another, the Holy Spirit's another, but the Godhead of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit is one, their glory equal, their majesty co-eternal. Paragraph 267. Inseparable in what they are, the divine persons are also inseparable in what they do. But within the single divine operation, each shows forth what is proper to him in the Trinity, especially in the divine missions of the Son's incarnation and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this finishes this section and uh, tomorrow we'll continue starting a new section uh, with numbers 268 to 274. God bless.